Let me get a 10-piece hot, extra crispy, extra wet. Let me get a blue cheese. Matter of fact, two. I'm on celery and fries and a peach drink. And make sure my fries is hot because they was cold last time. You are now listening to the Extra Crispy, Extra Wet Podcast with the Young Aunties. Welcome, everybody, to the Extra Crispy, Extra Wet Podcast, hosted by us, your young aunties. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Well, y'all know down here in the South, where we at, it is considered rude to walk in the room and not introduce yourself. So we're going to go ahead and kick that off right now. Okay, start us off. What's going on, y'all? It's Kirby, a.k.a. Where is Kirby Ann, a.k.a. The West Side Woodenham, checking in from the SWATs as usual. Hey, who's that across from you? Hey, y'all, it's Jazzy Cockenhammer coming from the good old east side, and I'm glad to be in the bit one more time. And directly to her left, it is me, Nick, your favorite homegirl from the old school locked on you, where we put it on you. And we got an extra special um, auntie that we got to introduce y'all to sitting right here to my right. Go ahead and introduce yourself, girl. Hi, everyone. I am Double C, Coco and Curvy. You know, Florida May, Georgia Pay. Hey! All right, let's go. Let's get it. We're so happy to have you here today. I think y'all going to find her personality. You know what? I'm not even going to give you no no definition for it. Y'all just see for yourself. But I'm going to tell y'all right now, Coco and Jazzy together. It don't make no damn sense. Okay, moving on. Until the day, until the day, one of my favorite parts of the show, Jazzy. Who do we have today? You're not gonna get our wing order, Auntie. Oh, I'm sorry, girl. Keep me together. What's going on? Please keep me together. Wing order of the day. How dare I start without us getting something on our plate? Cold blooded. Yes. Ooh, <laughs> but she had my back. She wasn't gonna let me mess up though. That's why I love. That's my partner, right? Yes, boo. All right, wing order of the day. We got to eat good. Kirby, what is on your plate today? You know what? <clears throat> today, I'm feeling like an OG. Mm-hmm. I need a 15-piece medium, extra, extra crispy, okay. two jumbo blue cheeses, extra chunky, extra celery. Um, and I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it super to the left. I'm stopping by the varsity on the way home. Okay. And oh. I'm picking up a frosted orange. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh. Okay, now pick me up a uh, chili cheese dog with extra onions while you're over there. Um, what do you Jazzy, have? you heard what she had. What is on your plate, ma'am? So, uh, um... I recently had wing stops, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna Ooh. I'm gonna do a repeat order because I I've been slipping on wing stop. This is my oh. first time having them. Say it. I know which one you' about to say too. Say no, it. No, you no, you don't, Auntie. So look, say girl, y'all look, and the ranch is off the motherfucking. Hey, yes, it is. I I said what the fuck? Let me get an okay. I'm sorry. Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let me get a 10-piece uh, extra crispy, extra wet, wet uh, mango habanero. Ooh, that's Uh-oh. a hit. Uh, with them fries, with whatever the fuck sauce or salt or <laughs> sugar, whatever the fuck that is on them fries. Okay? 
ain't gonna get no Kool-Aid and no peach drinking no soda. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna wash it down with some water and I need them celery sticks and them carrot sticks, baby. Mm. I heard that. Well, it's this spot over here in um Covington okay. um, <laughs> called the Five O'Clock Sports Bar and Grill. And I'm not going to lie, sometimes you want stuff you ain't supposed to have. Y'all know I'm allergic to citrus. <laughs> but I had one of their little dry rub lemon pepper wings. You need to go to Wingstop for the lemon pepper if you want to sacrifice your life like that. I'm just okay. I, they done put one over there as an old coming tone too, so I might try. But <laughs> it was so good. I had, and I want that. I want that again with the super cold, chunky blue cheese with the celery and the carrots. And I'm going to go on and wash it down. And I don't want no side. I don't want no side. I just want the wings. And I'm going to wash it down with a um, black raspberry sparkling ice. Okay. Sugar free over here. Okay. Um, yeah, a big, a big old cup with some crushed ice and the sparkling ice. And that's what I'm having. Um, Coco and Kirby. Coco. Yes, ma'am. I think I'm going to be simple today. I think I'm going to go to American Deli and mm-hmm. get a 10-piece mouth because you know I really don't like hot food. Uh, <laughs> extra fries because you know I love a fries and then I think I'm going to do a peach drink with light ice because you know I don't want more ice than more drink I don't like that <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right but black people love getting a uh, drink with no ice on and then get a cup of ice on the side okay. you, already, you already know don't fuck <laughs> up I mean, I, ain't gonna lie. I used to wonder why people did that until somebody explained it to me and I'm like oh and I guess because I like ice like, I like to chew the ice and eat the ice, but I'm like, they do fill your whole cup up with ice and you don't have okay, a Okay, nothing too sip, then you done. Like, no, yeah, I exactly. <laughs> cup, please. Thank you. So I got it. Now I understand. Well, it looks like we about to eat good. So now it's time for the auntie of the day. Jazzy, who we got? So, y'all, we got Auntie Erin Jackson, and she's from o- Ocala, Florida. Did I say that right, uh, Coco? Ocala, is that right? Ocala. Ocala. See? See, you got to <laughs> Look, we country up here. Ocala. My bad. Okay. Um, she is an American speed skater, inline skater, and roller derby player. She Ooh. has been in yes, she has been inline skating since 2002 and started roller derby in 2012, going on to become the third time, three-time United States Olympic Committee Female Athlete of the Year for roller sports in 2012, 13, and 15. She is the first black woman to compete for the U.S. Olympic long track speed skating team, and she will be representing the U.S. in the Beijing Olympic Games in 2022. Um, I sent y'all a video, and she was on that girl ass uh, in that video. So, Sister Girl is doing some amazing stuff. Okay, yeah. home team, you know I represent Florida all day, every day. You know. <laughs> hey. Home team. So being from Florida down there, do y'all y'all don't have many people doing cold weather sports. Not at yeah. all. Not so at all. is it surprising for you to hear that somebody, a black woman from Florida, is like kicking ass in cold weather Olympic sports? Very. I'm very surprised and very happy as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's hot every day down there to me. So yeah, exactly. So they <laughs> got here. She, she be- she breaking barriers at this point. Okay, yep. Auntie. Yes. <laughs> That's really exciting. 
for a number of reasons. A number of my mm-hmm. friends have just recently gotten their gotten back into skating and have gotten their own roller skates, and I'm about to get mm-hmm. something about them. Huh? Okay. Random auntie fact: Auntie Kirby did not learn how to skate on four wheels. She learned how to skate on rollerblades. <laughs> okay. Boys are wrists. So. And I would say this, it's a little bit, in my opinion, more fun than the four wheels, unless you're like in a skating rink situation where you get to do the dancing and stuff. But this is really amazing. I never even knew of this woman. And I shout out to Auntie Jazzy. She is always bringing amazing Auntie of the days. I don't know mm-hmm. that's from you. Yes, thank guys. Thank you. Always. <laughs> I think we all are kind of having this resurgence of skating culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which we all enjoyed when we were little and growing yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause the skating rinks were popping back then. Golden Gladys, Golden Glide, look. come on! And if you and if you was a Thonia, uh Rainbow, yeah. um, I forgot about Rainbow. I never had a chance to go there. Yeah, I went to Golden Glide. We, we went to Rainbow or Golden Glide, but Rainbow was right there in Lithonia, so it was a little bit easier for us to get there. Yeah, um, but On Golden Glide is where you went for the the, the action. <laughs> gotcha. See, we didn't get oh. a bunch of stuff on the west side. Cascade Skating Rink was a recent phenomenon during that time period. We actually used to have to go to Skate Town in College Park, which I, I think is there. And then Sparkles um, in Riverdale, the big purple skate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it might still be there. They might have reformed it to a car. Like, that's where we went. Saturdays, 12 to 4 p.m., slice of pizza, uh, blue slush, and a green pickle. Okay. And let me not forget, even though it's closed now, Billy Bob's. Oh, where was that? We uh, it was one in Congress. I want to say I remember we used to go to Billy Bob's, which was like a Chuck E. Cheese knockoff. Um, but they had a skating rink attached to it, and so you could go skating at Billy Bob's as well. Anyway, it, it, we always found us a skating rink. Gotcha. Billy Bob's was probably like Malibu Grand Prix. That one random situation. Yeah, you know, it was a spot like that. It was fun to go to, but I I have been enjoying watching the skating culture. Number one, it's a great, healthy um, way to exercise. It's fun, can be interactive because you can skate with others or you can do it on your own and go solo. So it's like whatever you want, however you like it. You can get real creative with your skates Mm -hmm. and, and, and have them all painted up different. Uh, designs, lights on them, tassels, pom-poms, colors, like, it's just, I don't know, I'm really enjoying it. You're gonna fuck your knees up a little bit, but you right. <laughs> right. <laughs> At the end of the day, prepare. find you a good parking lot, you know, or, or blacktop, asphalt, whatever, and go have fun. So, you know. Um, anyway, it's time for us. We got our plates. It's time to eat good and see what else we got on the menu. Up first, Auntie Kirby, is it a ghost of Atlanta past sticking his head up? Yes. What's going fact, on? Um, y'all homeboy. Um <laughs> Tales from the Hood. Uh <laughs> former mayor, Christine Reed. Uh <laughs> talk City Hall corruption, crime, and another run to lead in Atlanta. Now, I read through the beginning part of this, and essentially he has not confirmed anything yet. The article states, um, in a 45-minute conversation, the interviewer Huddleston said that he got the sense that it's just a matter of time before Reed announces he's running for mayor again. Quote, are you planning to run for mayor, Huddleston? Asked Reed. Reed replied, quote, I felt like there are things happening in Atlanta that I'd never seen in my life. 
and I've been here all my life. So that's what caused me to start talking about it, Reed said, in reference to potentially running. So he has not declared as of yet that he's going to run for mayor again. I feel like he probably will because, if I'm not mistaken, maybe two months ago or in somewhere in the late winter time, he came out telling the people uh, slightly but not so slightly, throwing shade at Keisha, saying, I ain't seen no crime like this before. And he's also referencing this in this article as well. So essentially, you know, anytime a, a politician comes out talking about what you ain't been doing, mm. that means they're trying to about to start convincing us about what they can do. So I imagine that he's probably going to run again. Um, no disrespect to former Mayor Kasim Reed. No, thank you. We would like for you to stay in retirement. Um, and, and listen, you're a great politician. You did accomplish a number of things in Atlanta, but a number of those things were not necessarily... Um, for the people. And I'm not okay. saying that all everything that you do has to be for the people, but the things that you do do that are not for the people should not impact us so negatively. And I don't mean to speak but I'm not getting into his foolery. Y'all can research what type of nonsense was going on. A lot of bullshit. Okay. So, Jesse, you know, what's going on with your cousin? I don't know, but he need to get somewhere and sit his ass down. He don't if, if he come out running, them folks is not them folks is not finna vote for him in Atlanta with all that bullshit he had going on when he was in office. Keisha no. only won by 1.2 points, and I don't know if they won't. And I hate, to, I hate to say this this way, and I might get cut up later on for this. I don't know that Atlanta wants another arrogant black man as mayor right now. Well, damn, Coco, can it get person period? I agree. I agree with Jazzy. I agree with Kirby. Just go ahead and sit this one out, bruh. <laughs> just sit it out. Yeah. You did your work. Eight years, I believe. Just go and sit it out. Yeah, just relax, bro. And like Keisha was crying on television. And while I think that there's a possibility that that was also some coded language, like that lady tired. Mm. You put you yeah. sent her and essentially as far as I'm concerned, looking at the situation based on what I know, he slick sent her into the lion's den anyway. It didn't help that the COVID situation happened and the pandemic happened. But it's like I don't think that you got your friend prepared for what this job does to people. If you look at Bill Campbell, Manor Jackson, Andrew Young, and definitely Shirley Franklin, it's the same situation as Barack Obama. They went in chipper and excited and came out a little battered and bruised and tired and ready to retire. Oh, yep. Um, and because of the fact that, you know, the reasons that I have for disliking Kasim might be a little bit different than other people's, but the reasons that people in general don't like Kasim are going to work against him, which is he he be telling lies sometimes and he don't know how to launder money properly. So, <laughs> so why do people vote for him? I think because he's charismatic. Um, and because he, he's very confident in the way that he carries himself. Got okay. to give a gap. That, yeah. So they I vote for him because he's likable, not because he's a good mayor. I wouldn't even necessarily say likable, but that's me being biased. <laughs> um, I will say this. Go ahead. No, I'm I'm just I was just wondering, like, I'm 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 listening. I want you to finish what you were saying because I'm 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 you know, I'm trying to. It's learn. just, it's, a, it's. I understand that politics is a very tricky game. I didn't major in political science. Anybody out there that did or understands politics better than I probably do, because that's not what I spend most of my time doing. I spend most of my time building reports. Um, <laughs> so I don't, I don't spend that much time in the political atmosphere. But as a black person from Atlanta, born and raised here, and then watching some of the havoc that Kasim wreaked in the community. 
when he was in office, when I was a resident of Atlanta, um, I'm not sh- I'm not sure that with the with the with the migration that is happening to Atlanta and all the things that we're getting, I don't know, especially if native black Atlantans will be able to stand a chance with him as mayor and with all of the stuff that we're faced with economically going on in this city right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we don't need to be beat down. I remember back in 2013 that he basically blamed those people a lot. He he the statements he was making around this the snowpocalypse was almost blaming people for getting stuck in their cars and dying because they couldn't get off the highway. Well, so like, it's, same, just, it's that type of stuff. The scene, it it sounds like you ain't got no fans in the extra crispy, extra weight. Image <laughs> feels so good luck with that one, dog. Um, time for a COVID update. Jazzy, is it okay if I get this one started? Yeah, go on, crank that thing, boo. All right, honey. So, y'all. <laughs> update. Just so y'all know, it's um Memorial Day weekend coming up. It's Memorial Day, right, y'all? That's I got that right. Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. So the I airport. I don't know what holidays are anymore. I, you know, until people remind me, I'll be forgetting. Part <laughs> being grown, holidays stop meaning the same things when you was okay. a kid. Okay. Um, y'all know we got our big international airport. They are expecting 1.8 million people to pass through the airport. Between the six-day travel period of Wednesday through Monday, that is a whole lot of people, especially coming off of the COVID pandemic, where there, you know, has been a lot of restrictions. So that's going to be a lot of traffic coming through there. Everybody try to stay safe. Um, Mercedes-Benz Stadium is open. Atlanta has has uh, Georgia has taken away the mask mandates. So the Braves games have been popping. I've seen a lot of people posting. Um, pictures from the Braves game. Ain't seen nobody wearing masks in their pictures, though. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, it is what it is. Um, we got some people, you got Delta requiring its employees to be vaccinated. You got some companies requiring their employees to be vaccinated and disclose to them whether they are or aren't. What do y'all think about all this? Are you glad Georgia's back open? Are you going to the stadium? Do you want to tell your job if you've been vaccinated? Jazzy, let me know how you feel. Um, regardless of what these folk got going on, Jazzy gonna have her mask on and her hand sanitizer and her Lysol <laughs> spray when she go out because this shit, I, I, I think the shit, the numbers gonna go back up because the numbers have been decreasing, but I think the numbers may increase. Uh, the people from the Caucasus Mountains have been, uh, <laughs> them bitches ain't been wearing a, a mask the whole pandemic. So, True. You, you know what I'm saying? It's just crazy. And my job, they can ask me if I had it. No, I have not been vaccinated. And am I going to get it? No. So what's next? Like, y'all can't make, I, you can't make me get no vaccine. And I don't know what the hell y'all got in that shit. And then people say, oh, well, people is getting a flu vaccine. But they have motherfucking 10, 11, 20 years to work on a flu vaccine and, and change it. Y'all just made this shit up in a year. Man, I'm not putting that shit in my body. Uh-uh. Coco, what's your experience been? You going out? I mean, I do be in these streets. I ain't gonna lie. But I have my mask on when I'm in these streets. But actually, this weekend, I was at the battery out there by the Braves and nobody had a mask on. Uh-huh. Like, nobody. Like, Too goddamn not hard. one person. I, I don't recall seeing anyone with a mask on. But you. <laughs> You know what? I ain't even gonna lie. I ain't have my mask on either. But I, like, I like it, it was just so. It was just so because it's like you didn't see it, so you like I really forgot. Like I'm not even gonna hold you. I really forgot. 
just that quick after wearing a mask almost every single day just because no one else had a mask on it's like you almost went back to normal was i that i wasn't proud of myself at that moment and i was like you got to do better because you know better i know better so it's like you out and you like you say you look around and you almost forget yeah because you don't see any mask anymore i didn't see not one and then as far as being required to get the vaccine mm-hmm. i just don't think that's right like it should be a choice yeah I'm like Jazzy. I, I haven't got the vaccine, and I'm yeah. I don't see myself getting it anytime soon. But you know, I don't know. I need to do more research on my own. I don't care what everybody else is saying. I need to feel comfortable with getting it myself. Yeah. Do you think that you should be required to disclose that information? No, that's HIPAA in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. yeah. Like we're not going around telling. Well, you know, I, I went and got an STD test. Like no, like I, like it's the same. Like it's really none of your business what I'm doing. If it's not harming you, at the end of the day, we still have to wear our mask at work. I know at my job, we still have to wear our mask and follow the CDC yep. recommendations. So, do you think do you do you think that companies such as Delta, like airport type things, should they require their employees to get vaccinated, or should it be a choice? Choice. If I, if you're gonna put uh, something foreign in your body, I think it should always be a choice, no matter what it is. Yeah. Okay. Kirby, where you stand with it? I, I I agree with everyone, probably for different reasons, or maybe not. I, I I was thinking more so along the lines of I understand from a business standpoint where an organization like Delta Airlines would want to have people vaccinated. Now, what's actually going on, because I have specific proximity to that company, they're requiring all new hires to be vaccinated. Our current employees get to choose if they want to be vaccinated, but with the understanding that you may not be placed in areas of the airport or the organization where you are flying internationally or dealing with international cargo. Mm. And that is to ensure that they stay in compliance with the other uh, countries that they fly in and out of. Because Delta owns itself, but not the land that it lands on, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So... I understand why it's it's kind of it's it's financially prudent for them to start requiring people to be vaccinated. Is that fun? No. Do I think that is? Uh, I do. I think that is legally okay. No, I don't find it that way. But I understand why um, it would be that way. As far as I'm concerned, I don't have a problem with vaccination either way. I think everyone should be. I'm, I'm pro vaccination education. Mm-hmm. Find out as much as you can about the different vaccinations that are there. I think there was an episode a couple episodes ago where I talked about the different types of vaccinations, the three mm-hmm. main ones, Moderna, Pfizer, and uh, Johnson and Johnson. Johnson yeah. and Johnson being the only of the three that is made from a human adenovirus, meaning that it is made in the same way that all our older vaccines are made versus Pfizer and Moderna, which are made with an mRNA messenger. Uh, which is a different type of vaccine, vaccination technology, which does not have as much history of clinical trials associated with it as mm-hmm. things like an adenovirus. But again, do your own research. Talk with your um, health professionals. This mm-hmm. is also a great time to find out where you are health-wise. Get some mm-hmm. blood work. Find out if you are potentially susceptible mm-hmm. to some of the side effects of those uh, vaccinations. Just be as in- informed as you possibly can about the situation. And then also recognize there are people who work in industries that it's going to kind of force them to get vaccinated to a certain mm-hmm. degree. Yeah. 
and just be mindful of that. The people that kind of don't have a choice, people that work in the healthcare field have not had much of a choice uh, on whether they get vaccinated or not. The nature of their job almost requires it. So, you know, I, I've, I'm all about freedom of choice for sure, but I also understand where there are certain exceptions that may need to be made because it will deeply affect processes and operations of not only organizations, but families and people's money and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well said ladies. I don't think it's too much for me to add. I think, like you said, I think it's a choice. Um, I'm not down for people villainizing people who are choosing to get vaccinated or not to get vaccinated. I don't like it either way. I feel like it's a personal choice. You do what you feel is best for you, your family. Um, You don't know people's medical ins and outs and why they may or may not choose to get something um, and what their, their, their beliefs about vaccinations and medications are. We also have to look at the historical connotation of why, especially a lot of black people are not so trusting of the government um, when it comes to um, injecting us with shit. Hello to Um yeah. <laughs> And um, yeah, I, I just think that it's a personal choice and I don't think that it's okay to, to go around asking people about their personal medical information. I think that that's a slippery slope. I think you're opening up a lot of doors that maybe need to be closed because if you're allowing that door to be open when it comes to vaccination, what else is that door gonna be open to um, requiring employees to do and allowing you to ask your employees about what their medical status is. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with y'all. I think it's a private, personal decision, and at this point, we should leave it at that. I do get a little uh, perturbed at how hard it's being pushed, though. Like that that makes me a little standoffish. Uh, yeah, airlines are offering extra travel miles and stuff uh, if you're vaccinated. Yeah. All kind of prizes and incentives, and it's just like, okay, yeah. I guess we're kids now, right? So I wish I could get some incentives for doing the shit, other adult shit that I have to do. Right, okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? Can I get some travel miles for paying my utilities on time? Come on, somebody. Rent, hell. <laughs> Hello? Homeowners insurance. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. So, you know, I just, uh, I don't know. We're going to keep our, our good eye on on the vaccinations and everything like that. But in the meantime, if you want to get your vaccinations, by all means, get it. If you don't, by all means, don't. But don't make your opinion, you know, everybody's opinion, because we don't want to hear that shit anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm done. Agreed. Everybody went crazy last week with this gas shortage. Break it down to us. What happened? And did people lose their mind? People did. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Absolutely. Lose. Lose their goddamn mind, went off, jumped off on the deep end, and everything else. So, um, on May 7th, Colonial Pipeline, an American oil pipeline system that originates in Houston, Texas, and carries gasoline and jet fuel mainly to the southeastern United States, suffered a, a ransomware cyber attack that impacted computerized equipment managing pipelines. So, some hacker named Darkseid or hackers named Darkseid, hacked into their system to where they had no access to get gas and fuel or fuel and gas, fuel, whatever, the same thing. Um, And so for about two to three, uh, shit, I think we're going on the third week because some gas stations still don't have like premium gas. Um, mm-hmm. 
we've been running we've been running out of gas people were running to the gas stations i seen motherfuckers putting gas in grocery bags and mm. trash bags mm. i said this is in 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 um plastic containers uh motherfuckers having 10 12 20 11 gas cans and filling them up and it's like if we don't panic if you get the gas that you need and carry your ass home it would have been fine but people just did entirely too much and then also there's a shortage of truck drivers to drive the gas to get it to gas stations so that was an issue as well i spoke to a gas a, a tanker a gas tanker driver and that's what he was explaining like they have gas that they could get but they don't have enough drivers to get the gas to the gas stations so that was a big issue as well all i know is um <laughs> racetrack put out a um a gas availability app or a piece of their website that functions as a gas ability, uh, availability app. Now, I imagine they probably had this made already, but it was mighty convenient. That's what's that, up. Just, that just, popped, just popped up, and it tells you exactly where in your state, what gas stations have what type of gas. Whether they got 87, what is it, 89, 93, diesel, E85, mm-hmm. all of them people. Yep. Um, I do feel like it's definitely... Um, on that toilet paper type of situation, testing the market again. Let's see if we can make some price action happen. Make them scared. Yep. Make everybody jittery. My experience was yes. BP, Chevron, Kroger, Valero, uh, Marathon. They was out of gas the first couple of weeks. As of now, I've been seeing people cl- uh, pulling back into like Quick Trips, Chevron, etc. But for a minute, Racetrack was the only gas station in most areas that had gas. And I found that to be very interesting. That so, is interesting. That's what makes me feel like, and maybe I'm just too much of a conspiracy theorist, but that made me feel like this was probably purposeful. And what I understand of technology, if it was that easy to shut down digital operations of a multi-billion dollar pipeline, baby, Either we're going to have to be real, real careful or people playing games. Because if it's that easy, the same way we had the electrical grid situation happen in Texas, if it's that easy, mm-hmm. if, our infra- if our infrastructure is that tattered and sewn together, don't nobody need to drop bombs on us. They can just turn the lights out. Right. Ooh. But you know what, too, Kirby, though? The thing about that is that's a private company. So now the U.S. government is trying to look into how they can create regulations for the cybersecurity system for private companies. Because the whole electrical grid, oh. I don't think that was... Yeah, that's a private-owned mm. company. The government does not own that, so they don't regulate that. Oh, uh, well, then that makes perfect sense, because private yeah. companies never follow info security instructions. I know that from personal yeah. experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now so, they're trying to figure out how can they put their finger in there and figure out how the hell we can help with on the cybersecurity side. So are these just tests That'll be a run on us to see how we react to things. Partially fail every time. Because <laughs> we don't know. Like, I could talk forever about how Americans don't know nothing no more. We're not a bright country anymore. People can't. Um, people can't function just on basic needs. Leave somebody in a house with no internet for three days, <laughs> and yeah. see if they not gnawing their foot when you when you come find them. Yep. Three days. <laughs> three hours. Fair enough. Especially if you're a teenager. 
Yeah. A owl if you were a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> yep. They can't they they can make it. Could make it. Oh, First thing you want to know, what's the Wi-Fi code? Excuse me, hey, how you doing? <laughs> you gonna come to my house and ask me what the Wi-Fi code is? Golly. These are I thought that was the new hello. Ladies. That is the new hello. What's your Wi-Fi password? That is. Um. Okay, y'all have given me some things to think about when it comes to this gas shortage. So I would definitely be following up on this and asking y'all what your um perspectives are in these coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Hmm, what's our next test going to be? They saw what we did with a pandemic. They saw what we did with a gas shortage. What's next? Water. Water. Oh. Whoa. Michigan still ain't got no goddamn clean water. So what's Plant up? water been dirty since 2014. What is yep. going on? Yep. So, huh. Hmm. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe people just not seeing the bigger picture here. Mm-mm. I don't know. Yeah. Let's get this conversation popping. Wow. Okay. Well, is is speaking about all these things that are going on right now, a big conversation that people are having is that unemployment benefits are causing people to be lazy. <laughs> what do y'all think? Are the COVID relief funds and unemployment benefits causing people to be lazy or is this a very disrespectful thing to say? Some people feel that it is. Others say that people are not even making what they were making um, when they were working and they're still struggling. Others say, well, if I'm making about the same amount I was making, then what's the point of me going back to work if I can just get it without doing that? What, what do y'all think, Kirby? I mean, I think both can be true. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. Yes, there probably are people that are just like, you know what? I would rather stay at home and let these benefits run out. I'll try to find a job a couple months or a couple weeks before they do. But in general, I think it is a most, it, it is coded language and it's, and it's, it's very much an insult to a certain degree. There are people out here for the most part and unemployment typically doesn't pay more than 80%, typically 60% of what you would have been making at whatever job that you were receiving unemployment from because your mm-hmm. job has to pay unemployment insurance in order for you to file unemployment and get paid in the first place. Now, I understand we was in the middle of the Pangea and stuff and the federal government started dishing out checks as well. Okay, all you're doing is taking taxpayer money and redistributing it. So if I'm on unemployment right now, and I'm getting federal pandemic pay, you're just paying me all them taxes I've been I've been spending for the last... 10, 11 years of my life paying Social Security, Medicare, FICA, and all of them people all mm-hmm. their damn money. So, number one, don't try me. All you're doing is giving me money that you probably misallocated anyway back. Mm-hmm. So, don't you dare call me lazy because I decide that I want to take advantage of some, some public assistance because it's been a rough year. I done lost five people or, you know, my kids was at home all of the year. And they wouldn't shut up. And I don't know how to teach them. It's all kind of stressful stuff that was going on. So I don't think that you need to be referring to people who are relying on aid that has literally saved folks' lives, calling them lazy. That's really, really disrespectful. Most people would rather be making the money that they make at their jobs. I know if I had a choice between unemployment and having the type of job that I know I qualify for, I would make three times the amount of money off of unemployment than I would on the unemployment. It's not necessarily a choice all the time. I just think it's really disrespectful to call people lazy. But yes, I understand. I'm sure there's some outliers that's out here just like, you know what, fuck it. Throw it in the bucket. I'm finna sit on my ass for a few months. Cry two threes in the bucket. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> hey. All right, Coco, what you think? Are there people being lazy on their unemployment? 
I do believe that some are. But just like Kirby said, it kind of makes sense. I mean, why not collect this good check? Send at home. It's been a rough year. Um, I know people who are getting the unemployment plus didn't know the COVID release. And, you know, they just say they're they're not going back to work. They, they don't even want to look at a job right now. Um, and some of them, <laughs> some of them is just saying like, you know, I'm going to ride this way until I can't ride it no more. And that is really not as much money as everybody think it is. But I don't know, because I'm not getting unemployment. So I really don't know the whole breakdown. And I don't really be in other people's pockets, because I got my own pockets to worry about. That part. Jazzy, what you think? I know one thing. If, if, them, if them folks that you talking about ain't looking at no job, if they in Georgia, they ass going to be looking for a job on June 28th. Because uh, Kemp ass opted out of the government funds for extra um, unemployment that people are supposed to get up until September, mm -hmm. but he's cutting that off June mm -hmm. 27th or 28th. So they asses is going to have to uh, get their asses up and get a job. But it, it is people out there that's like milking the system. But the thing about it, what I was saying about it is they have to understand who the fuck with a family is finna go work somewhere for nine, ten, eleven, twelve dollars an hour. That's not gonna take care of their family. Right. If y'all is not paying folks 15 plus with benefits, health insurance, dental vision, people ain't going for that. So you got to you gotta pay people a livable wage. Like mm -hmm. that shit don't make no sense. You can't I can't do no hard yeah. labor for 720. Motherfuckers still trying to pay people 725. It's 2021. I mean, the, the data is there. The bigger, I'm sorry, the bigger conversation I think is the livable wage. I think that the cost of living has gone up, but yeah, and paying has not no. at the same rate. I know that most people that I know that are our age and within a 10 year range of us um, work full time. Most people that we know, they work full time, regular jobs. Mm -hmm. And I know for a fact that if most of us got a flat tire, we would have to think about how we're going to pay for getting it replaced just so we can keep going to work. Right. Um, because we don't have disposable income the way we would like to because the cost yeah. of it is just too damn high. Now, with that, yes. um, if I got to get my ass up every day, <laughs> And go to the default job. Uh, Able-bodied people mm. get y'all ass up and go to work. So now if you if you are genuinely unable to do it and unable to find employment and, and you have contributed to this system, then you have every right to receive from this system to get assistance until you can get back on your feet. But I'm going to let you know right now, if I see you taking advantage of the system that I pay into, <laughs> I will be happy to help you find some applications. I told y'all Home Depot was hiring. Go <laughs> around there and apply over there. If you put these applications in, I will show you how to follow up on your applications until you have secured employment. But if and when I find out that you are taking advantage of the system, I'm telling. <laughs> I know that's right. I'm telling. I'm t call me a snitch. I'm telling. Because I'm not getting up every day to support you. I'm not doing it. I don't have no dependents. But I be feeling like sometimes I have a whole bunch of dependents. I'm done. paying taxes to take care of your ass and You're ain't right. wrong with you. But you know, 
in my mind, I think most of the people that is getting unemployment is the ones that haven't really put much into the system. That's maybe been working two years. Maybe you know maybe. the ones that know how to finesse it, like the like the ones who've been working like ten plus years. Mm-hmm. They still trying to find work, like they still trying to make a way out of no way. Yeah, and I, like I said, I'm all here for if people need it because if it if it comes to a point when I need it, I want it to be there to help me. Mm-hmm. But I, I just I don't plan on being on unemployment my whole life. Um, I I, I would want to turn things around. That's why I said I do think the bigger conversation is. How do we prevent people from needing this? How do we put people in positions to where they're able to take care of themselves and live a good life? What Jazzy said, a living wage, and I'll add on to that. Yeah. Four-day work week, six-hour work day, mm. follow the Scandinavian mm. golden uh, brick road. Pay. Um, um, Sorry, Kirby. All of that. Americans yeah. work entirely too hard and, too for, hard. No- and for nothing. Because we don't make enough stuff to work as hard as we do. Mm-hmm. Message. Um, and that's even in the, as a person that works in the tech industry, that's even in the tech industry. We work too hard to not be making things that are physically <laughs> uh, viable. Just we need to, America has to reconsider how we live from a communal standpoint, from a societal standpoint, our day to day. Yes, the hustle and bustle is fun. But the hustle and bustle has taken its toll. Uh, birth rates are down, and we know we know who the people, the, the peanut gallery in the back, that's mad about that, which is why there are abortion laws that are getting huh. adjusted. Anyways, I'm about to go. Off they be at the, they be at the clinics. Go ahead, Auntie. I'm sorry. And listen, I'm about to go off on a tangent. All I'm gonna say <laughs> is this: make being an American more comfortable. Rebrand yourself, America. You keep telling everybody that you want thing. You the good, you the good, you the good, you the good fuck boy. Oh. I'm real nice to you. I say nice things to you, but I do wild shit to you. Stop oh. being like we we gotta we gotta get over that hump. And I hope that some of the demographic transitions that happen over the next ten to twenty years will help to steer us in a particular direction of like understanding that we need to relax. We need to get more educated. Mm. and we need to be more thoughtful about how we're moving forward in the world because we have real foreign enemies out here mm-hmm. that's about that action they have no problems with turning America upside down black yep. people in the boat with it alright I agree well, it sounds like we have a larger conversation to have and a bigger the bigger thing is like to talk about the things that we just talked about I'm interested to see the model how our business owners um, able to do those things so that they can offer all of those benefits to their employees and still themselves be able to stay afloat. So uh, y'all let me know any resources or any articles or anything like that that y'all know of that we can look into and we can continue this conversation on future podcasts and see what we come up with. Uh, on a lighter note, wedding season, guys. Weddings are happening again um, now that we've kind of come to a different point in the Pangea panorama. <laughs> um, so a bride had a question for the internet. A bride, who is also the stepmother of a child that we're about to talk about in this story, wanted to know, is it okay for her to ask her nine-year-old stepdaughter to wear shapewear under her dress for the wedding? Ooh. The bride said that they tried all kind of dresses, but nothing fit the thick 
young girl and it was five days before the wedding and she felt that shapewear would make her look better in her dress. There's been a lot of controversy over this question. Some feel that it is size shaming and could be damaging to the girl. Some feel that it's harmless. Uh, Jazzy, I'm going to start with you. You have a, uh, a stepdaughter. Uh, how, how old was the baby? She's nine years old. A nine-year-old baby. I know yours is a little bit older, but she's just a few she's years 14. older than nine. She's 14, but when we got married, she might have been like eight or nine or ten or something. First of all, so so this lady, because I was about to use another word, so this so this lady waited five days before the wedding to get the baby addressed? Is like or, or were they looking long before or didn't specify, but it was about five days before when she was saying they were trying to address it. So I don't know if you had been looking, but I don't know how hard it is to find a dress for a nine-year-old. It's not that hard, and she don't need to make that baby wear no shapewear. Bitch, you put up that shapewear <laughs> under your motherfucking dress and let her be a nine-year-old. That's that's just some bullshit to me, and you should have been found that baby goddamn dress seven, eleven months ago, and you wouldn't be worried about, oh, she might have to put on shapewear. You don't put no shapewear on no nine-year-old. I'm not with all that shit. That's just, that's crazy. No, ma'am. Hmm. Uh, Coco? So... She couldn't find not one dress. All the dresses in the world, she couldn't find <laughs> not one dress to fit the baby. And if that was my child, no ma'am. No ma'am. Because so, why? If it was your child, would she still be in the wedding? If she got to put on shape, well, no. She's not, like, for what? What reason? What? What? I don't even know how to get it out because I'm kind of annoyed with this whole topic. Like, <laughs> what do you want her to look like? Besides yeah. a girl in a wedding dress, like yeah. what do you want her to look like? Yeah, I think that's my question is what what kind of dress is this that she would need to wear shapewear? Because I don't know no dresses on nine year olds that's even showing their shape. Exactly. Right. Like and what to be they, honest, they usually you know, wear them basic little oh, little flare dresses. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's uncomfortable. Shapewear is uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm just throw that out there from my own experience. <laughs> I, I I don't like putting it on. You know, sometimes I may have to, but it's uncomfortable. So a nine year old went wearing shapewear all day. Do you think know. that asking the nine year old to wear that could have an effect on her self esteem? Yes, because you're telling her something is wrong with her body. Mm hmm. Mm. Okay, Kirby. I could go on about you know. The sexualization of young black girls' bodies. Yep. The hypersexualization, to be specific. I could go on about, you know, a lot of internalized, really negative things. I'm just going to tell a couple of stories. Um, my grandmother was a very, very petite woman. I'm half Nigerian. There's nothing petite about me. Um even though I was a little bit premature, like I was a, I was a pretty healthy baby. Um, I can remember as young as 11 and, and this is no, no disrespect to my grandmother, God rest her, but this is just in retrospect and reflecting being encouraged to wear shapewear because of the fact that I was considered overweight. Mm. Um, being encouraged, being encouraged to even do crash diets, three day diets where you 
eat less than a thousand calories a day. Mm. Which in my adulthood, I learned is essentially a form of an eating disorder. When you're doing those types of things to your body, it confuses your body. Um, or having family members uh, say things like, well, hey, you sure are getting big, having trouble pushing away from the table. That happened one Christmas. Mm. Um, or even some of my other health issues that are related to my weight and create weight issues for me. Having people that are very close to me make comments like, a lady shouldn't have a beard. Wow. Because I have hair growth, hormonal hair growth on my face from some of the health issues I deal with. Not, are you okay? You know, do you mind if I inquire about, you know, you know, I, I noticed that there's something going on with your skin. Are you okay? You know, I'm maybe offering resources, but no, just constant negative reinforcement. So I feel for that little girl because I am her in a lot of ways. Having to go back and forth mentally over the course of my life about whether or not I love my body, not wanting to be in my body, trying to shape, contort, mis, uh, misrepresent my body in an effort to accept myself and get acceptance from others. So just that one comment, that one statement, because I imagine this girl is standing there while older women are around her discussing her body and then directing comments at her. The fact that I can recall all of those stories so vividly, I think it's pretty clear how those types of moments will stand out in a child's life. So I would admonish people, if you have children, don't. It is important to be aware and cognizant of your child's health. There is no, mm -hmm. I'm not saying not to pay attention. Um, but what I am saying is to use good judgment in your communication. Yeah. Because I'm 33 years old and I can remember statements that were made to me about my weight when I was nine that I know I'll never forget. Wow. So, and that in a lot of ways shaped how I perceive myself and the world for that matter. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I, you know, I just say all of that to say that's inappropriate to be putting shapewear on a nine-year-old. It's inappropriate to be communicating value through their physical appearance to a nine-year-old there are more important things for them to worry about they have the rest of their lives to take care of their bodies and to make any necessary corrections that may need to be made in habits which come from their parents by the mm -hmm. way mm -hmm. your eating habits come from your parents your relationship to food comes from your parents so you know i'm gonna i'm gonna stop going down that tangent but just be thoughtful. You create insecure adults when you put that type of energy into children. Yeah. And what do exactly. insecure and what do insecure adults do? Mm. Well, thank you for sharing those those personal stories and accounts, Kirby. I think that, and I hope that it gave people a lot of insight um, who are listening that maybe they may not have thought about it from that perspective before. And hearing that, um, as a, a fellow fat girl, um, I would just like to tell people, uh, we know we fat. We don't need y'all to remind us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We already know we, we live in this body and in this world every day. Okay. 
Um, so thank and you it ain't for, stopping nothing either. And I need people th- to there know you go. That. It's not stopping nothing. Oh, don't get me wrong. I do my cartwheels now. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and I think like you said, I mean, we all um value health and and you know, when you know better, you do better and you try, you do your best and you know, you make improvements every day. But I think that um, policing other people's bodies is a very weird thing. Um, Tyra Banks was said years ago that she thinks that shaming is one of the last acceptable, socially acceptable forms of bullying mm. um, that we still have and that people feel that it's okay mm. to do that. And it's a very odd thing for me to think that you have the right to police other people's bodies um, in the way that people do um, larger people and very small people because people get size shamed on, on all ends. Right. Um, so I think that we should just be a little bit more thoughtful, um, you know, in what we say, how we say it, offering unsolicited and unwanted advice. Right. Um, and the stigmas that we can place on children. Um, nine-year-old brain and mind is very malleable. And, um, you know, that's a time where you can give some healthy, happy, um, uh, useful uh, thoughts and practices when it comes to health, exercise, uh, good eating habits um, and things like that. Or this could be a very traumatizing event when it came to the time when I was nine and my stepmother made me wear shapewear because she thought I was too fat to be in her wedding. it's a very pivotal moment and we want it to be a positive memory and experience and not one of those negative ones. And all of us that grew up chubby and fat, we know exactly what, what those uh, experiences were and how they felt. So thank you, Kirby. I I appreciate that. I really, really do. And um, if anybody has a problem with what we just said, fuck y'all, we moving on. Um, (laughs) There was another debate on Twitter. It broke out over one woman saying it is okay to fake it with your man in the bedroom to boost his ego. Some agreed, some disagreed. One woman actually responded saying she has never faked an orgasm and they gonna play silent library until he gets it right. (laughs) right Jazzy Jazzy, is you faking it in the bedroom or is you keeping it 100? No, I'm gonna have to teach you some shit so so we so we can have magical moments in this motherfucker. I'm not okay. faking nothing. It ain't gonna be no. I got mine. You better get yours. No, we both gonna get ours. And I'm gonna show you how to hit this thing, rub this thing, pop it, slip it. God damn it! And and we gonna get this motherfucker popping. No, I'm not faking nothing, babe. I didn't come, but let me tell you, you need to play the clip a little bit more. Uh, uh, go a little deeper. If you if you put my leg over your man, fuck that. No, uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> were you always that confident to do that uh yes okay all right um Kirby are you faking it or is you just gonna tell it like it is um I had to blossom into telling it like it is okay. uh, formative were more instructional uh future was me more giving in instructions just because I had kind of figured out what I liked uh, to Auntie uh, Auntie Jazzy's. I don't think it's fair to my partner 
to fake an orgasm. Okay. Because then I'm setting you up for failure because I'm making you think that you're doing something. Ooh, and so you're setting the, the tone for it to just keep going back. Yeah. And okay. I um I was an early bloomer as it relates to being aware of my body. So I've known what works for me for a very, very long time. You was one um, of the masturbating kids. I mean, you know, it'd be like that. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's a natural thing. Like a lot of people, to enjoy your body at that time. Now, don't get me wrong; I felt ashamed doing it because of the type of household that I grew up in. That wasn't—I don't think that was something that (laughs) would have been acceptable. (laughs) I was very secretive about it, but I appreciate learning early because even in the time where I was being instructed, I still understood how I needed to maneuver to ensure that it was pleasurable, and also more importantly. I have always been a person that believes in ensuring that every experience and encounter that one has with me, you leave more than satisfied. I expect nothing less from you. Hey. Okay, now. Coco, Coco, is you putting 20 on 10 or is you letting him know he done came up $5 short? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I may have put 20 on 10 one time. <laughs> <laughs> But not because it wasn't good. It's I was just ready for it to be over with because I was just not in the mood type thing. You know what I'm saying? If that mm-hmm. makes sense. But I mean, in reality, I mean, you need to be good. Like to me, like I'm good to you. Cause I mean, I'm proud of myself. I know I'm good. But you know, um, yeah. I don't have a problem with telling you, nah, sir, that was not it. But it's, I think it's just I think it's just how you tell them. Like you don't have to dog them and be like, boy, that was weak. That was whack. You you gotta yeah. like coach them and and just approach it differently. So how, do, like, how do you say it? how do how do you open the conversation? Oh do I open mm. Ooh. You know, I never really had to open the conversation, but I well let, let's try it now. You just you just got some weak ping. Ah! It, it went it wasn't what it needed to be. See, that's being mean. And he and he and he turned over and he say, Was it good for you? Did you get yours? You say No, I did not. (laughs) But I'm more like could kind of I ain't never got no complaints before. You know they love saying that shit. I ain't never got no complaints. Maybe she was just didn't want to tell you. But I don't know, because I like I said, the time that I put 2010, it was really because I just was not feeling it. Not because the person wasn't good. It's just that I it was one of those, all right, come on, boy. She was just trying to nerves. get it over with. Yeah, like, you're getting my nerves because I'm trying to go to bed, all that. But in reality, how would I address the situation? I really don't know because I never had to address the situation. Well, you might have to ask the other aunties. Uh, okay, allow me to assist. Okay. So I think that in sex, it's really important to be honest. Yeah. Um, number one, I think to avoid some of this, it's good to have those conversations beforehand. True. Um, true. Before you become intimate with somebody, um, physically, to have those conversations about what do you like, what do you not like, what moves you, what doesn't, you know, past experiences, things like that, and and that is because, and I will go into the conversation. If it did not work, sometimes understand your partner may be doing what they knew worked for someone before you mm-hmm. yeah everybody is different every woman and man is different we don't like the same things something that drove 
that man crazy. If I do it to this man, it may be like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you have this woman like this and this blew her mind. And I'm like, uh-uh, what is that? Right. You know, it, it doesn't do the same to me. This woman love her toes getting sucked. And this one is like, okay, I feel like I got wet feet. So <laughs> Ooh, I think it's Lord. important to be able to discuss it and say, look, uh, you know, when you're going down on me, you know, this is what really works for me. And maybe let me show you. Yeah. You know, um, let me show you how I like to be touched. Let me show you how I like to, you know, get this and that and and help them um understand. And if it's somebody who's not willing to learn, then wow. it might just be somebody you don't need to be fucking. Or clearly. If you stick with it, get get ready for a lifetime of weak pain because that's what you're gonna have. But what if they just never get better? Like even after you give them the instructions, like how do you deal with that? Um, then you got a decision to make. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just the reality. Everybody is not sexually compatible, right? And you can have a great relationship outside of that, and then y'all just may not connect physically. And in which case, you have to make a decision. Just like some people have great sex. But outside of the bedroom, they are just not compatible. You got a decision to make. So it may not happen for everyone. Um, again, I think that's why it's important to have a lot of conversation beforehand um, to just kind of even see, do we even like the same things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because um, sometimes that's the, that's the problem. Somebody's really, really adventurous in the bedroom and want to try all kind of stuff and likes that. And then somebody else is very vanilla. And neither one is right or wrong. I mean, <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think if the person that's very adventurous and then the vanilla person, I believe it, they can bring the adventure out of you. Like they can bring it out of you. I do believe they that. could, but they have to be willing. Okay, but also, can I say, like, mm-hmm. people don't be approaching trying to get you out of a shell in the most appropriate of ways. Mm-hmm. That can be very, very uncomfortable. You could be dealing with somebody who is ready and willing to do a whole lot of stuff. But then you do like you do and say creepy things around the issue or this particular thing <laughs> that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And then you make it hard. Uh, and, yeah. not, and then also not creating a trusting environment. Like I, I, I'm not letting you tie me up if I don't trust you. <laughs> I mean, look, you have to be careful for the creeps. I mean, if yeah, someone like, no. is throwing <laughs> poor boundaries when it comes to sex, then that's something that should be a red flag to you. That this is probably not the person you want to have in your life, period, because they're weird and they don't have good boundaries. Read the room, bro. Read the room. Like, if somebody is physically and, and noticeably uncomfortable, stop. And that doesn't mean keep pressuring them to do something that they don't want to do, which is why some people are compatible and some are not. If this person don't want to get tied up, whipped, and stick, leave them alone. That's not their thing. Move on. There's somebody else out there for you. But continuing to pressure someone who is not open to trying those things and has expressed that to you over and over, you're being very inappropriate. And if somebody's doing that to you, then you need to be able to set that boundary and cut them off. And I feel like if you're over 25, you need to be able to have like real raw conversations about everything, finances, sexual compatibility, therapy, child rearing, all of that. Yeah. 
you should be able to after I would venture to say three to six months, especially if you're over the age of 30, after three to six months of talking to somebody, you should be able to dig into deep conversations. Like now, of course, you know, don't get disrespectful and inappropriate. No, but just conversation. Talking yeah, like conversations, get a feel for how a person approaches certain things in their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's not to get inappropriate, but just a conversation. If you can't talk about sex, then you definitely don't need to be doing it. Yeah. I think that that's a that's a telltale thing. If you can't have a mature conversation about it, then you probably shouldn't be doing it or you're not willing to deal with the consequences of right. sex. That's positive or time. negative. So yeah, I think that you can have a conversation. I, me personally, I'm not faking no orgasm. Have I done it? Yes, I have because I'm just a really good actress like that. <laughs> but I am. I'm a really good actress. Um <laughs> But would I do it at this point in my life? Man, hell no. I don't even have time for that. Um, if I'm not faking an orgasm with myself, I'm definitely not faking it with nobody else. That part. So, I, you know, to each his own. If you want to fake it and you want to live like that, well, <laughs> life, you're going to be faking it for, for the rest of yours. You're going to be mad as hell. <laughs> you know, everything, everything that man gonna do gonna ignore, gonna uh, annoy you. The way he chew his food, the way he breathes, everything gonna, gonna dry you. The way he tie his shoes, all of Yep, it's gonna come out. It's gonna come out at some point in time. So just go ahead and face it in the beginning. Y'all get it together. These men ain't faking no orgasms. I bet you that. Sure. Um, Listen. Well, it sounds like. We all pretty much on one accord. We ain't faking it. Some of us we have in the past, but we have seen the light. We once was blind, but now we see. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Kirby. Yes, ma'am. Billy Porter made a, a, a very uh, intimate uh, announcement, shared some information with us. Can you let us know a little bit more about that? Says here from the Hollywood Reporter, Billy Porter breaks a 14-year silence. Quote, this is what HIV positive looks like now. For the first time since being diagnosed more than a decade ago, the Post star opens up about the shame that compelled him to hide his condition from his castmates, collaborators, and even his mother, and the responsibility that now has him speaking out. Quote, the truth is the healing. I would admonish everyone uh, to take a look at that Hollywood Reporter article that was released on May 19th. Uh, by Billy Porter, as told by Lacey Rose. Um, another personal story. Um, I was directly affected by um, the HIV AIDS epidemic, um, the way that kind of started late 70s and went deep into the 90s, early 2000s. Um, my mother, unfortunately, succumbed to complications of HIV AIDS that she contracted from a best friend, actually. Wow. Um it is a very hard disease to watch someone deteriorate from. And so, you know, Billy was speaking in the article about hide, have feeling the need to hide this information. And I understand why having watched, and if you watch Pose, you also will know that a recent episode of Pose also speaks to this directly. And Billy is the, Billy's character is the center of that particular episode. I would suggest you all go take a look at it. I don't want to spoil it. Um, but you know, facing the complications that come along with fighting that ailment and then the social complications because, of course, Billy Porter is a black gay man in America. Um, 
he of course has to face a lot of vitriol in a lot of different directions at the intersections in which he sits and identifies um so to then have what was and to a certain degree is still considered the sexual scarlet letter carrying that around um of course that would put you at odds it, it, it again it mentioned in the title talking about feeling such shame and such guilt um feeling such failure and feeling like how could you know how could this happen to me and like i said watching the deterioration which to a certain degree it is the disease and to a certain degree it is the medications in particular in the late 80s uh 90s that they were giving to patients that were creating such grim situations literally watching people watching your mother go to skin and bone and literally I don't I don't want to be too graphic, but just imagine someone having seizures day in and day out um, and then having to watch them lose their memory. There was a point where my mother forgot what my name was. So it is a very debilitating. And then again, the social stigma uh, around the gay community, the LGBTQIA plus community in general, um, although there is something to be said about how many heterosexual black women have to deal with the ramifications of HIV AIDS. That's a whole nother conversation, but yeah, it's, it's a lot. And I think that it is still important to still share these stories. If you want to share, cause it's not anyone's business, mm-hmm. what your status is, unless you have a sexual relationship with them. Um, I think that it's still important for, for people uh, to, to speak about their experiences um, cause that can be very hurtful to carry that around. It's already hard enough to carry ourselves. Most of us still 16 years old in our minds, we're just paying adult bills, but then to right. have to have some, that type of recurring ailment that requires such rigorous containment still, um, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of cycle. It's a very psychologically taxing and, and, and people then deal with tertiary situations of, or secondary situations of having the ailment and doing all the work and dealing with then depression and anxiety caused by that ailment. So, you know, I'm very proud of Billy Porter and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he, he spoke about his story. Well, again, thank you for sharing yeah. um, such a personal account and story. I think that the more that we definitely hear personal accounts, um, the more we can understand. Um, Billy Porter uh, definitely came out with this very personal information um, and his experience. But of course, there's always some criticism. So there's some asking, is this considered brave coming out and stating this? What do y'all think? Jazzy, do you consider this to be brave or is it, you know, not? Um, Some people feel that it's inspirational to hear these things. Some feel that when the rich and famous talk about their experiences with these type of things, they don't have as much impact being that they have better access to healthcare or treatment um, than everyday Joe Schmoes. What do you think? Uh, I, I definitely think it's brave. I love Billy. And I and I was wondering myself, because I watch Pose, I love Pose, and I was wondering myself if he was HIV positive because the, the role that he plays mm-hmm. in the show is just like he was one with it. Like he was really mm-hmm. like personally experiencing it if you watch the show and it's just like what in the world so when he came out I'm like that's why he was so off the chain 
in the show with the way he portrayed uh pray tell i'm like wow i, th- I think it's brave um billy porter wasn't really making money like that when he first came on the scene he wasn't really rich and famous like that he just really got like popping um in these past couple of years so i think it's good for his community that he came out and he spoke about his personal experience with living so long and i think it's inspirational for others just not people in the lgbtq community but other people who may be you know have uh hiv aids all right coco what do you think i agree i don't know why someone would think that that's not brave because he has money like like that's so that take a lot of heart that take a lot yeah. of courage that take a lot of what is everyone else gonna think how is people gonna mm-hmm. perceive me now like whether he's rich or he's a regular joe schmo that's that's courage on across the board so instead of criticizing you can learn you know what i'm saying you could learn you can you could get that confidence yourself if you need to so i don't i don't know why money is even an issue with that topic i mean i can understand because you know like you said they Someone of his status may be afforded better health care, but I mean, personally, I know people who are not rich and famous, who are regular Joe Smoke in this case that has AIDS, HIV, and is living a healthy life. Yeah, I and, think that um, got I'm sorry. good health care. I'm sorry, but I didn't mean to cut you off on the end. No, there. got good health care. Okay, and, you know, so I don't think money is really should be whether or not him like, having money should be considered whether or not he him being brave or him just you know to coming out with a story i don't understand that part yeah i think that the the thing that i do appreciate about um people like a billy porter is that it kind of puts a face and a name to something that is kind of faceless and nameless to a lot of people who have not had a personal experience with it it's just one of those things so it's, it's if you love billy porter and then you find out that he is living with HIV, then it's kind of made it more personal to you. Even though you may not personally know him, you may love him for the work that he does and the things that you've seen him in. And then you're kind of, you kind of see the humanity behind the stigma. Um, And I can definitely understand it being an embarrassing thing to speak about. Um, People would, I think, automatically assume you must be very irresponsible out here living recklessly when in all actuality people are getting hiv their spouses Mm -hmm. yep you know people they've been with for 20 30 years and then they're coming home having sex with their spouse and getting infected because of something their spouse did so you know it's not always necessarily somebody being irresponsible um with their their sexual um habits so I mean, I, I'm glad. I hope that he's using this as a platform to educate um, and to put humanity behind the stigma. And I think knowing him that that is what his intention is. So I, I, I appreciate him coming forward and I hope that he continues to be an advocate for others who may not be as fortunate as him mm-hmm. um, so that they are able to get better health care. Um, and treatment. So, all right, well, we'll watch and see what Billy does with this. Um, someone who may or may not be having the most safe sex. We know at least six times he didn't. Future. 
Uh, we know at least six because he got six kids. Help us, um, Lord. Help us, Lord. But uh, he, he had a leaked version or a leaked, uh, what is it called? Verse, a leaked verse of a song that he got coming out. And then he says something by Tell Steve Harvey, I don't wanna. And start <laughs> yeah. to Lori Harvey. Is Future Hurt, y'all? Is he gonna ever get, get over the fact that Lori done left him? Or is, is he just being a man? Kirby, what you think? Uh, I would like to call is it Nevadius? What's that child's name? <laughs> yeah. Meathead. Meathead. <laughs> um, here we are. I want to locate this. Nevadius DeMond Wilburn. Sir. <laughs> The, the character, the character that you play behind your rap moniker, is very cute. But you coming off real Marvin's room these days, sir. Not Marvin's room. <laughs> you got a track record of trying to, you know, hit the girls over the head after they leave you. And I get it; it's your artistry. You want to express your feelings. That's fine. But we all know how black men can be. You need to be careful speaking on that young man's daughter. And I know that's not technically his blood, but he did adopt her. Uh-uh. I would suggest that you I would suggest that you be careful. Now I don't know where Sierra's parents are, but Steve Harvey out here. We saw him at the uh at the Earth Wind and Fire uh OJ's uh <laughs> verses. We see that he's out here. He's suited and booted. So I would suggest that you be careful putting things on record. About that young lady. You got a frat with him too. Yeah. So I just, you know, you, you, you might want to chill. We understand your feelings hurt. You said some of the some same wild stuff in some of the mixtapes and that album you had with Drake about Sierra and about how you was gonna get her back and yeah. um, or how you don't give a fuck about her no more. You was bouncing back and forth, you was ping ponging like a mug. But boy, chill out. The same thing that y'all love, excuse me, not y'all, a specific select collective of black men love complaining about black women and what we do and don't do sir you're doing exactly what your particular population of black men complains about that black women do to y'all take the L move on you got plenty of money clearly you got a sorority of baby mamas it's a bunch of young ladies that want your dick relax I mean and that's all folks (laughs) Well, damn. <laughs> Anybody else got anything to add to that? Yeah, future whack as fuck for that shit. <laughs> he is. That shit's lame to me. Why are you still speaking on that lady name and you got a whole motherfucker? Don't you got a girlfriend that you and, be parading and do. around? And do. Because I feel like, some type of way like, why you, why you, maybe it's what? the old song. I, I don't know, but at the end of the day, why put it out? Why wait, 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 like, wait, wait. Somebody else is trying to get caught up with this man? Ain't he got, got a girlfriend. He got up. a girlfriend. He got a girlfriend. Oh, Lord. It's too much. Yeah, she like 25, 20. She young. She's very pretty, though. Very pretty. Future I mean, he's got great taste. He's always had great taste in women. He just doesn't have great taste in behavior. He yeah. disgusts me. You sitting up here shooting up your semen and all these different women. You had oh my god! That that shit ridiculous. Like we gotta stop this black man. Y'all gotta stop having 10, 11, 20 baby mama. That shit is not cute. But then I always got something to say about who destroying the family unit. Exactly, nigga. You you destroying the family. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> oh my god. 
always got <laughs> something to say about <laughs> some other <laughs> shit. The feminization of the black man. No, nigga. You spreading your seed far and wide. Yeah. With and no when regard. Is somebody, when is somebody going to do a documentary about black men making poor choices and the black women that they have sex with? Right. Mm. Okay. Never mind. I'm going to be quiet. Right. I'm. Uh... Oh my we know that some of us make poor choices clearly because we can't. We walking around with our babies on our hips, which you know where to be found. Not all black men. Don't get started with me. But the yeah. the population that I'm talking to, you know who I'm talking to. When we gonna have a documentary about y'all making poor choices about the type of women that you put your seed in? Yep. You knew she was raggedy. Yep. And no. then you know sometimes with the women. He got five baby mamas. There's no way that I would be number six. First of all, he couldn't even hold the door for me. Let it slap me in my face because I ain't even interested in you. Jesus, right. like I don't even want you. Like, and I don't, I don't, and I don't get it sometimes. Like, I don't, I, I just, he got five baby mamas. Well, see, the other ladies are obscure. They're not famous, so that's kind. Of, they may potentially, and I ain't trying to disrespect them, young ladies. I don't know their business, but I imagine that it might be a come up for them. Future got a lot of goddamn money. But yeah, me, let me stop calling him Meathead. But I'm gonna call him Meathead one more time. But Meathead didn't always have money though. <laughs> like so, I mean, you know. But maybe they seen the potential. But see, that, you know, or maybe he was real swagged out. I never maybe. ran into that man when he was in the beginning of his rap career. I, you know, or before that time, I didn't know. You know, and before the the double cup made his voice sound different. I just, I don't, I don't have no clue. I just know I woke up, body party was out, and everybody was like, "Yeah, future's trash. Sierra's leaving." So <laughs> what, girl? Future look like Jar Jar Binks. Ain't no stop. <laughs> Okay. From from Star Wars, if y'all don't watch Star Wars, that motherfucker look like Jar Jar Binks. Ain't no way. Oh, that's mad. Probably. <laughs> Hilarious. And Mill Street is the same person until I see them both in the same room. At- <laughs> Bruh, stop playing. <laughs> I ain't never seen them in the same room at the same time till the end. Oh, that's the same person. Just like Bow Wow. You do have a very Miranda-type attitude. Bro, look at them next to each other. That's the same person. <laughs> but I, I think, like, it, it, yeah, Future has money, definitely. He's, he's done very well for himself. He's super talented. Um, But it's broke niggas out here doing the same shit as Future, and they ain't got nothing. So it don't matter about the money. Yeah. Um, I recently had um one of these broke motherfuckers try to ruin my life. And was he was very offended when I politely told him, "No, thank you. I don't choose struggle love. <laughs> um, I like comfortability." Okay, um, exactly. And this happened to be a forty-year-old, a uh, forty-one-year-old man who's uh, renting a room in a house, Mm-mm. and he has four children. Nope. <clears throat> and he lived with three other men, and he has four children. See what I'm saying? Yes. So, like he, he, so he in foster care. He's in transitional. <laughs> <laughs> he in the placement at this point. Okay. Placement, bitch. I, and I, and look, and if you're trying and you're trying to do what you need to do, do that. But you need to swim in waters with people who are on your same level. But what that bathroom look like though? I have no idea because I, I hate this. No, I'm just I'm imagining in my mind. No offense to to heterosexual men, I, I love you all deeply. But I four four grown ones living in the house, Jesus. Yeah, I just, I just think that um, 
at, at, if you're a certain type of woman, you wouldn't even be interested in a man in that type of situation. Nah. So, you know, I'm, I'm not interested in being a stepmama to four kids. Nothing against the kids. It's just something I haven't done. I If I wanted kids, I would have had them by now. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? So I, I would prefer to date a man with no children and we have kids together. Maybe he got a kid, but four of them? No. Nah. Nah. And you ain't never even been married? No. Nah. I, I can even see if you were married, y'all had these children together and then you got divorced. But even so, you might want to find you a woman who has a similar situation. Come on, Partridge family. Oh, Brady Bunch. Maybe y'all be good <laughs> on that. But um, I think the interesting thing is that people think about how Lori feels. But I mean, he says Steve name, so I'm with Kirby. You you might want to be careful before you start calling that man name out in this song talking about his child. Yeah, buddy. Oh. No. They asked Steve about future. He just said, I don't know nothing about it. <laughs> you remember that? Yep. I don't know nothing about it. And left it at that. Didn't say nothing negative. Not just left it alone. So you probably should have did the same thing. Yeah. But I think it go also goes to show your level of maturity. Mm-hmm. Which is probably why they moved on and got what they got. They leveled up and I think he got a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, hope something's good in the future for all of them. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? Definitely. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Um new man, new man, Portia. Portia <laughs> Williams from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Y'all bow your head. Oh my god. Because we're gonna pray for her. Um, she is engaged. And showed us a huge, beautiful, massive emerald cut engagement ring for her fiance, Simon. I don't know how to say his last name. I'm not doing this with. I'm not. I, I know I'm the resident Af- Nigerian. I'm not doing this. Gobadia. I don't, I don't want to mispronounce it, but um, <laughs> the interesting thing is that he is the current husband because they are not divorced yet of her former castmate Fallon. Again, I can't pronounce her last name. Did she break girl code? She's yeah. been in a relationship for a month, by the way. And they're already engaged. Sounds pretty sketchy to me. Okay. Um, but she would definitely have to give me five minutes in the grass for even playing with me like that. Exactly. Because why? But she, I mean, maybe it's a storyline. Who knows? It's trash either way. Even if it is a storyline, I'm not going out like that for no storyline. That we were not friends. It was going to the show, but if you're got current assistance, would you have a problem with that? Well, you was at her house in her pool, so that's what I'm saying. Like I watched Real Housewives of Atlanta, and Fallon, the the young lady Fallon, came on the show as Portia's friend. I don't know if they set that up. It was for TV. But she came on as Portia's friend. You was all in her pool with your big booty ass running around in her pool. Uh-huh. Husband was out there. You came to the goddamn uh uh Halloween party they had all in the house. I think that shit is trifling. I, I like Portia. I was rooting for her. 
But this shit is low down and this shit is trifling. Whether she was your friend or not, y'all were associates. And her the the her current her fiance, the man that's still married, is friends with or knows her baby daddy. Like that right. shit is a whole mess. Like you all these men, it's more men and women, and you went and got this man that's still married, that shit trifling. But what did he do with 30 days? Listen, Portia been popping that puss for that man a long time. They ain't been no damn dating, no damn 30 days. She been popping that puss all yeah. around up on that man dick. Nah, nah, uh-uh. <laughs> Could be. I mean, and if you haven't, Portia need to stop this whole quick thing because that's how you got with Dennis. <laughs> you got with him. You you so quick to want to be in love, get married, have a kid. Mm-hmm. And now you stuck with his big-headed ass and <laughs> daddy for the rest of your life. You know, so... What Destiny's Child said, slow down, you move me way too fast. <laughs> I'm done. Sweet 16. Nothing. <laughs> Do you know who you're running to? Come on, Portia. <laughs> that is your song, Portia. Slow down. You move it. It is no rush. It is no oh, rush. I don't understand how you meet somebody and 30 days later, y'all talking about getting married. You don't know each other. Then she flaunting that shit too like that. That shit ain't cute. You need and to how you in, I'm, look, I'm going to tell y'all something. <laughs> People out there in the world, stop doing shit to make yourself look stupid. Okay? <laughs> you cannot be engaged to someone who is currently married. Bingo! <laughs> Bingo! That, that shit don't exist. It, that's like me saying I own your house, but you still own it and live in it. Right. I can't. I can't have it, and it's yours at the same time. So you look really silly wearing a ring, running around, taking pictures. That don't make that man no more yours. Because guess what? If something happened to that man today, and he pat, and I'm not wishing this on him, he died. His wife. Is gonna be making all the decisions and getting Well, I don't care how many rings he put on how many fingers. That don't mean nothing when he is legally married. Mm -hmm. So stop playing. That's my problem with a lot of people. Y'all out here playing house. Y'all doing shit. You think it's cute? It ain't cute. You Mm -mm. need to get the shit in order. That's why stuff is always fucked up because you do things out of order. Mm-hmm. You want to get married with somebody, get divorced first. Move my soapbox out of the way. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go on that. <laughs> nah, you're right. I, I value marriage and I think Me too. It, thank you. It's, it's just really silly to sit out here posting stuff like that and this person is not is not divorced yet, mm-hmm. and I and I feel really bad for Fallon, as the wife, to have to sit here and be embarrassed like that. Mm-hmm. Um, to have your husband running around with his fiance when he's still married to you, That's and I also true. think people need to be careful with that because a lot of times them people don't ever break up. Mm-hmm. They end up staying together or getting back together, and you just looking silly. So, anyway, Kirby, what you think? 
Uh, no comment because I just I don't play them type of reindeer games. Oh, mm. all right. Well, moving on. The U.S. is going to mint some new quarters, y'all. They're going to start putting the ladies on some quarters. So Maya Angelou, Dr. Maya Angelou, and Sally Ride are set to be honored. I believe in January they're going to um, release those, and they're going to be on the reverse or the tail side of the quarter. Do y'all know who's on the on the head side of quarter? I it Washington. Yeah, yep. it's George Washington. Mm-hmm. And which George Washington was our what president? Our first president. Trick question, to yes, number one. Yeah. <laughs> according to um, the people. Yeah, right. and by the way, Sally Ride was the first woman on um to find space. Oh, okay. That was her. I know we all know who the poet um uh, Dr. Maya Angela was, but Sally Ride was the first American woman, I should say. Um, to fly in space, so this is a this is considered to be a huge honor. Um, Billie Jean King, the trailblazing tennis champion, um, said that she thinks this is richly a richly deserved honor for both. Representative Barbara Lee, who is the California Democrat who introduced the legislation into the House of Representatives, directing the Treasury Department to actually create this program. Um, made a statement saying that for too long, many of the women who have contributed to our country's history have gone unrecognized, especially women of color. Um, she said that uh, they paved the way for many who came after them and inspired young women to carry on their legacy. So what do you guys think? Is this something that these women are deserving of? Do you think consider this an honor? And are you going to be looking for these um quarters, especially the ones with Dr. Angelo. Coco? Um, you said the tail end? hmm So George Washington is still going to be on the head side. So on one side, you'll have George Washington, which they're redesigning, by the way. It'll be a new design of George Washington. I don't know what's going to change on it. And then on the reverse side, it'll be either Sally Ride or Dr. Angelo. I don't know. I mean, I guess it could be a great thing if you look at it. But then why not be on the the quarter by yourself? Like, why not keep the tail side tails and put them on the head side? Yeah. Okay, so why are they having to share it with George Washington? You know why. Yeah, I know why, but I'm saying like... Why, Jazzy? Because them damn slave masters got to still be on that money. They don't want nobody on that money by themselves. Okay. Slave masters on that money. And this is that... not an African country. There will not be no black people on the money by themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. what I think. It's like, it could be an honor if you look at it, but then it's like, he, he was on the court by himself forever. So why can't they have their own? You know what I'm saying? I So it this could is a be a catch 22. This is this is an honest and good critique. I like it. I'm just gonna say this: they need to start reprinting thousand dollar bills and put Maya on there. That's my opinion. All right, now that's dope. I won't be able to afford one, but it is dope. <laughs> <laughs> listen, can't nobody listen? Can't nobody truly afford a black woman? But that's a whole nother podcast. Okay, oh, okay right. now. 
I like that. I mean, I, I, I definitely can see the different critiques. Um, I know I've heard people say, but putting black people on money in a country that was built on slavery of black people can also be triggering and disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that was a big critique with putting Harriet Tubman on a $20 bill Mm -hmm. being that she was bought and sold in this country Mm -hmm. um, with U.S. money so I can see the critiques on all end I can also see the excitement for the honor um, being that historically only old white men are honored to be on U.S. currency Um, so to have women and specifically black women um, on the currency can be seen as an honor. I mean, I'm going to look out for the quarter either way. Me too. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see it. Um, probably hold on to, to one, maybe frame it or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that. We'll see. I'm not interested in black women being being in change. Nobody uses change anyway. These kids can't count at McDonald's in the first place. You can't okay, nah. Hell no. <laughs> mm, okay. Well, I think that's the end of the menu. I think we ate good, guys. I appreciate all the good commentary. Kirby, remind yes, us, what is the book of the month? In preparation for reading the updated version, we're reading The Coldest Winter Ever this month. Um, coming up in June, we'll be reading, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's not Midnight, there's another one uh, that Sister Soldier just released. Um, I will get the name for that one, but this month we are reading the coldest, we are rereading the coldest winter ever, reading it for the first time if you have not before. It's a kind of classic uh, young black girl drama. Mm. Um, really like belly meets a couple of different things. It's an interesting read. Of course, sorry if you didn't get to read it in middle school like a lot of us did and get <laughs> caught up in the world of Miss Santiago, but try it now. I think it still reads pretty well. Uh-oh. Our host doing okay? I think I went on mute. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Y'all hear me? Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Got you, dog. That um, sequel is called Life After Death. Life okay. After Death. Yes, it's the continued story of Winter Santiago after she is released from prison. I think she got like 20 years in prison. And just fun fact, you guys, that's why she waited so long to release the sequel. Because mm-hmm. people to actually feel like those 20 years mm-hmm. I in real life to see how long Winter actually was locked away. And so now you're getting it like in real time. That was her her purpose and waiting so long to release it so you know um but yeah so we're, we're looking forward to that y'all read the coldest winter ever older over or for the first time so that when we get to life after death it's all refreshed and ready um in your mind so that you understand the story now sometimes we know when we go get something our food don't be right our fries might be cold and you got to do a return so what are we returning this month we like to call them our let goes Coco, I know you got something for the let goes. Let us know what it is. I am letting go people with no ambition. Okay. Just none. Shana Botashe Shabbat Barak. Why are we letting go of people with no ambition? Explain. You often hear people talk about life just beating them down. You know, they can't get ahead. And then you ask them, like, well, 
you know, what did you do? Or, you know, do you have a plan? Or what are you doing to get back on your feet? And they just have nothing. Nothing. Like, not even... Like, nowhere to start. And then you'd be like, well... How do you expect to move forward? Like, how do you expect for things to get better if you have no ambition to change your life? Yep. Like, to change your situation. People who have a problem with the word ambition, I know a lot of, especially men, feel like say that ambition means you want somebody rich and famous and all that. Not even. To me, it's just trying to reach your full potential. Just mm-hmm. trying different things until you reach your goal. And you know, you never may reach your goal, but at least you could say you tried or yes. you're trying to reach your goal. You're trying to get mm-hmm. there. But so you let me, even let have me, a plan. Let me ask for a real life example. So if it, if it's some somebody, a guy's working at McDonald's, mm-hmm. he's on French fries. Mm-hmm. Where, where does his ambition take him there? So if he's working at McDonald's and he like and he like it for whatever reason he like the customer service he like the fries he like the food whatever. In my opinion, if that's where you see yourself for the rest of your life, why not open up franchises? If that's something that you love to do, have that ambition to want more because it's it's more. You know, you just don't stop at the fries. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's me just for people to. Try to reach their full potential and whatever you love to do. Okay. I can definitely get behind that. I think the ambition can take people a long way. It don't have to be complicated. Like, say, if you on fries, you ain't got to be on fries for the next 20 years. Maybe, you know, you move up to the cash register, the window, and then you say, you know what, I want to get on the management plan. And mm-hmm. from there, they have uh, programs to help you open your own locations and your franchises. And then you go from there. And that's the ambition. That is true. That sure is. With that, we're going to go to our to-go box. Because in our to-go box today, which is something we want you to pack it up, wrap it up in some aluminum foil, or put it in a styrofoam plate, take it with you, eat on it throughout the week, we want you to make a plan. Okay? So when we talk about that ambition, talk about making those goals, make a plan. Not just a plan, a realistic plan. Mm -hmm. I remember those service plans, a realistic plan. (laughs) Right. Okay? Make a step, number one, step two, step three, things that are actually achievable and realistic. Mm -hmm. And then what do you need to do? You need to work your plan. Mm -hmm. Okay, work your plan. It don't have to be moving mountains every day. We're not asking you to go to the moon. We're asking you to work your plan. Implement those things every single day. Every day before you lay down, you should be able to say that you did something towards reaching your goal. Mm -hmm. If you have not, you have not earned your rest for that day yet and you need to get up and you need to do something towards your goal, okay? Put that into your, your to-go box, eat on that throughout the week and we hope that that helps you have a more positive and productive week. Well, y'all, I think we have gotten to the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. Are all <laughs> hearts and minds clear? Yes, ma'am. Clear. Crystal. All hearts and minds are clear. I, I, I would venture to say this has been such an enjoyable meal. <laughs> Agreed. I sure appreciate y'all. I like eating with y'all. Kirby, remind them where they can find us. At Extra Crispy, Extra Wet on all platforms. Um, feel free to shoot us an email. 
hello at extrafreespeakextrawed.com if you want to submit questions or topics that you would like for us to speak about. Again, at extrafreespeakextrawed, all platforms. Hello at extrafreespeakextrawed.com if you want to shoot us some personal questions, uh, whatever topics or categories that you want to share with us. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, y'all. Well, we don't like to say goodbye here, so we're just going to keep it extra Southern and say, all right, then, Shawty.